I strongly believe that there is such a good thing as good therapy and bad therapy. And often people are not consistent with therapy because sometimes it doesn't get us what we need out of it quick enough, or we just don't do the work. You know, there's various reasons why I have found that it's so common where we have something that we go through in life and it's got to be like really traumatic before we try to meet somebody, a therapist, to sit down and, you know, improve our trauma, our stress, whatever is going on. Dr. Donna is going to talk about her eudaimonia therapy. And more importantly, when you hear the part where she says and where we talk about the webinar, it's just such a good tool for life. There's so much in it. I have personally found that her webinar that is available for anyone who like signs up and goes to her page, that it has been even more helpful than the one-on-one sessions that I've had with Dr. Donna. I am really excited for everyone to get so much out of the next episode, including which what will be a two-parter. At the end of this episode, we will just let you know in advance that there is a part two coming. Welcome, you Dr. Donna Dirties, to a new episode of Till the Dirt with Tommy and MJ. Yeah. Did I say, did I recycle that or did I say Dr. Donna Dirties last time too? Yes, you did. It's fine. Ooh. I have to rhyme with D. Yeah, uh-huh. Because it's okay. the nuts. dirties are till the dirt. Keep it clean. Yeah. <laughs> Why? She's back. Oh, thank She's you. Back. You've got like beautiful blonde highlights or maybe... It's different, right? I just did. I went yesterday. I went yesterday and I said to her, you have to do something. And I was, you know, three hours later, I came out like this. Does it look okay? I look dynamite. (laughs) Dr. D looks dynamite. Thank you. you. I love it. Dynamite D would be a good for your intro. Dyna D. Oh, that's, that sounds yeah. fat. It yeah. sounds like I'm, I'm really like <laughs> dino, like dino rhino. Yeah, why not brontosaurus? <laughs> yeah. No, but the hair looks so beautiful. Thank you, thank yes. you. I appreciate that. Well, yeah. Ba- welcome everybody till the dirt once again. We have Doctor Donna. She's back. <laughs> and if we can't force you to move in with us, yes. then we've just got to get every single drop out of you for today until your next visit, until the next time that you can guest with us because. Today, before you came, I did jump on your website. Okay. And I listened to the webinar that Mm -hmm. you just released less than a week ago. Yes, yes. The first thing that my first reaction... She came into the room weeping. Oh. First reaction was... (laughs) It was supposed to be inspirational. Yeah, no, but but it was an inspirational weep. Weep. Yes, there are inspirational weeps, yes. Yes, so let me me rephrase that. (laughs) A weep to me is like when something real sad happens. She was was very teared up. I was in the process of reading something and she was like, you have to read, you have to listen to this. And uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, she was very emotional over it, so... The first emotion was I was like shaking with goosebumps, the good kind, and I started tearing up and I thought, wow, um, Maris, you've got some like emotions building up and it's just such a cool thing that you, you know, we're always trying to 
live our highest selves and Mm -hmm. learn. Mm -hmm. And I'm no stranger to the feeling that we're going through a lot of challenges. So you want to do life. Life is short. You want to do life the best you can, Mm -hmm. right? You want to learn the best you can. Tommy and I, with our interaction, there are a lot of things that we got from sitting and talking with you the last time that you were here that I know I am applying in conversation with Tommy, where you would say like, go straight through the front door Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and don't use too many words, Maris, because you, you got a lot of words and then you're going to lose his attention altogether. Uh There were just Uh so many things. There are a lot of things that you touched on in the webinar that I just know are so life altering. But like I was saying, I was thinking like, this is a coaching program that I want. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. want it to just to be once and then never again. Well, it was, you know, I called it a free webinar because it was a free webinar. And there was over like 2,198 people registered for this. Not everybody got in, but whoever registered will get a recorded version of it. And it was so overwhelming. There was such a, a big reaction to it that I now put together webinar number two. But you really should listen to the free webinar before you go to webinar number two, because webinar number two really gives you more information. Free, the free webinar gives you a foundation. Mm-hmm. And then we just What's like, being talked about it on that? Uh, on, on the free webinar? Yeah. Well, we talk, about, we talk about the crossing over of my son, Jonathan. Oh, when, yes, that's yes. right. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, our condolences. Thank for you. For those of us that don't know, our son passed away. And Everybody that's, yeah, that's knows. Terrible. Yes. Um, yeah. A lot of people have actually, throughout this time that we sit together, we got to address that. We got a lot of questions for you. Okay. And a lot of people want to know how to cope with loss of mm-hmm. a loved one. And the thing that I like about the way that you talk to us is that you give us how to mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. So anytime that we talk about something, Dr. Donna, you don't just explain the um, emotional way, but you also provide steps yes. and you back it up with the why. Mm-hmm. And it helps me when I listen to you figure out like, really, how am I going to get myself out of this situation? Yes, You know, because... The things that I think that we go through, we go through over and over again. Mm-hmm. We're constantly getting, find ourselves being stuck in the same thing. Well, I, you know? I, I think that, you know, a, a real unfortunate situation has put you in a very interesting position as a doctor mm-hmm. and a mother, mm-hmm. right? Because yes. no mother ever wants to bury their kid, right? No, it's and, a, it's and a it's, club. It's, you know, actually, I say it this way. It's a club that no mother wants to be part of, nor mm-hmm. father. Yeah. And the price of admission is extraordinarily high. And painful. Uh, yeah, and painful. And, there's, and you can do nothing about it. And when we talk about loss, we're not just talking about the loss of a loved one. Yes, of course. But there's all kinds of losses. Loss of a marriage, loss of a career, loss of self, loss Loss of, of a dream for yourself or a dream for others. So it's not just the loss of a loved one. And how what I say in that Friebenar through the entire thing is that the reason why we have difficulty with loss is because we don't understand life. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're talking about. Explain yes. to me life, and then I and I do that, and then I give you steps to walk to to step into, step into your best life. And, and I think that's what you're talking about. Yes. It's not just therapy where you go in and you cry, and which is, I guess, for some helpful. Yeah. But at some point, it's tell me what to do. Right. Yes. And, I, and I do that. What I love about these, this webinar, and I can't mm-hmm. wait for the next one, is that 
first I had a reality TV show and mm -hmm. you talk about loss of a job, loss of a home. Um, when you said loss of a job, you talked about how if you're not doing something and you see negativity, now I'm going to say it, mess it up, and you're going to correct yes, me okay. and help explain it sure. to everyone who hasn't listened, including you, Tommy, of course. You said if something isn't serving you or you feel like negative emotion around you and it starts to become toxic, then that job might go away mm -hmm. or the thing might leave your life mm -hmm. because it's not supposed to be in your life anymore. And for the best. I want to, exactly. And I want to tell you what I thought about so I did a reality TV show, mm -hmm. everyone knows, yeah. for almost 10 years, and it was such a good show mm -hmm. and such a good experience for me mm -hmm. for the first one through seven seasons, and season eight and nine were terrible, mm -hmm. okay? And the reason is because it felt authentic, season one through seven, yeah. and it was something that, even though it came with a, a lot of ups and downs, sure. you know? Sure, sure even though there was a lot of it that was painful, the, the net of it was good, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So the biggest question that people ask me are, how, you know, how are you doing? Like the show's not there anymore. They expect me to 100% be devastated. And I have to tell everyone, like, I'm being honest with you when I say I didn't care. I wasn't upset about it. And they're like, oh, why? They, you could tell they keep want, they want to know why. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, because the show wasn't healthy. It was toxic. It well, was just to play the other side of that coin, I could see why they, there's, that's 10 years of your life, right? And it's a certain, there's an there's a element of, you know, your identity attached to that show where the people are only even asking you about it or only even know who you are because of it. So for you to be that, like, I don't want to say glib, but that okay with it just being like, yeah, no, it wasn't, I'm good. I'm good. But they don't see it from both sides because to them it's just a television show. They don't understand the element of it being your real life. And I totally agree with you. The last couple of years of that was just toxicity. And also, too, they could be missing it as well. Yeah. You know, it ended, you know, after football season, people are depressed. Yeah. Because it's it's over, yes. right? Yes. Okay, the same it could be the same thing with that. You know, I really loved that show. I loved the drama even though you were suffering through the drama. They loved it. So so we don't really know the the agenda for the question, but the only thing that is guaranteed in this lifetime is change. Yeah. Everything is going to change. I will guarantee you that. Um that that we know. But I think you, we outgrow stuff. The reason why after a certain season, you were not as thrilled with it is because you grew. You outgrew it. It wasn't making sense to you anymore. And then it became painful because you were supposed to move on to other things. And when you don't move yourself, the universal energy will step in and it will now make it so painful that you will start feeling negative emotions like anger, frustration, resentment, and that's sadness. Your, <laughs> sadness. And that's your body saying it's time for you to move. And if you don't listen right away, it just gets worse and worse and worse until it becomes so toxic that you have to move yourself because now you could be getting sick. That's a, a fucking great point. <laughs> no, it really <laughs> is. It's, it's, a, sal it's so a very salient point because again, 
I don't know if necessarily the toxicity of the last two seasons would have been as toxic if they were in the first two seasons because she was in a different mindset. Yes, that's correct. You know correct. what I mean? Yep. But now all of a sudden yep. the baby's in the picture and you're trying to be a better human. You got to take care of a human. I know for me, uh-huh. right? Yeah. I, I, the salaciousness, I didn't, I wasn't down for anymore. That's right. You, you, know well, you know outgrew I mean? it. You yeah, outgrew yeah. it. I, but like, and again, prior to that, I really didn't give a shit. It wasn't my thing. It was her thing. But now it's our thing and I got a kid. I'm not letting him see that this is how things are going to play out. You know, I have to. So what you just said, I can't even tell you how much of a bullseye that is to the situation that we're talking about. You and, see, and this is why I told you you have to listen to the webinar. And he was like, I'm in the middle of something. And I was like, I know. <laughs> you're going to love you're it. Gonna, yeah. You're going to, it, it's going to hit on everything because what I talk about is life. And if you understand why we are here and what we're doing, you get it. You get it. Everybody's like, you know, your son died. How how are you stepping through life? Well, there's even a reason for that. You know, that's called a divine intervention contract. We make these contracts with each other before we land here. And there was a contract that he and I had. He was leaving early. Now, did I know about it? Did I agree? At some point I did, but it was before we even were conceived. And then we make these agreements and we walk through the forest of forgetfulness and we forget and then we come out the birth canal and it's game on yeah you know and so that's what crisis is it's divine intervention and it has perfectly timed and it listen i look i, I don't like i'm okay with him cr- crossing yeah. i mean do but i cry for him yes you're a doctor too well, well do you think you know, the doctor really, had helped you deal with uh, it a little bit better you know inter- good question very good question I knew what I was going through. So like the first week I wouldn't talk to anybody. So I'm like, oh, this must be isolation. Right? You know, that's what we <laughs> yes. do. Then it was, you know, I could rip somebody's head off. Oh, oh we, must be, we, we must be in the anger <laughs> part. Yeah. You know, um, there was a point when I thought, you know what, I'm just going to drop out of life and I'm going to go get an RV. And it didn't really look so bad because, you know, I'll just throw my hair on top of my head. I wouldn't have to put makeup on. I wouldn't have to put my nails. I wouldn't have to talk. I wouldn't have to do anything. And then, and I even say in the, in the freebinar, I say, but then with my luck, I would pull into one of those RV rest places. Somebody would say, gee, she looks familiar. Go online and say, hey, is this your website? And then I would look at that woman and I would wonder what would have happened if I didn't drop out of life? What would have happened if I decided to walk the walk? Because I've been talking the talk. Yeah. What happens if I walked the walk and became an even better therapist and that's what I decided to do. And, I, and I'm grateful because this freebinar worked out for so many people. I'm on your show and I'm talking about this and, we hel- and I'm helping people every day. So did I lose my son? I don't look at it that way. I look at it like our relationship has changed and he and I are doing great work together because it's from this experience that I get to talk about it. That's, you know, I get to talk about it. Hats off, man. Hats off. That's powerful. When you talk about boyfriend, like this is another, I trans, my translation, my interpretation, you were talking about when you're in a bad boyfriend relationship, mm-hmm. or like when you're in a divorce or on the brink of a romantic relationship ending. You know, I have a lot of girlfriends that have gone through some pretty bad breakups recently, and it's really hard for them to like figure out that happy place again. I have several questions about stuff that has to do with Tommy and me, like married Mm -hmm. people that want to stay together Mm -hmm. and want to have tools on how to move forward through their stuff. And I also want to know about how to let go because you touched on that too, when a relationship, like a boyfriend relationship is ended. Your point of attraction, right? 
Okay, so we are attracting magnets. We're all energy. We're all energy. Even, you know, when we talk about people that cross over, energy cannot be created nor destroyed. That's why Einstein believed in reincarnation. That's exactly, okay, because we're energy. When the, when the baby is born, when your son was born, energy came from somewhere mm -hmm. and started up his body. And you've all seen a corpse. Mm -hmm. There's no life energy there. Now, quantum physics states that energy cannot be created nor destroyed. So where did the energy come from that inhabits that body? And then when the corpse is there, where did the energy go? It went somewhere. We transition. It's just change of form. Mm -hmm. And it happens all the time. Ice cube, it melts, it turns to water. It's energy changing. Okay. So we have a point of attraction. We attract circumstances, people that are vibrating the same way we're vibrating. It's the red car syndrome. And I'll, and I'll get to relationships in a minute. I remember but that. The red car syndrome. You're going to buy a red car. And then all you do is all see All you cars. see is red cars because that's what you're interested in. That's your point of attraction. So that's what's being brought to you. So you're in a breakup. You break up. And, you know, sometimes we break up and we're like, yeah, that's great. I'm so glad, right? <laughs> your point of attraction is happiness. So you will attract a good situation. You will attract someone else. You will be open up to a good relationship coming to you. Let's say you're sad about the breakup. So now you're sitting in this energy where all you see are happy couples that you were not a part of. That's your point of attraction. So now you're attracting just sadness. You always have to be very cognizant as to how you're vibrating because you're going to pull towards you people that are vibrating the same way. If you're happy, you'll attract happy people, happy situations, and happy outcomes. If you're angry, you'll attract angry people, angry situations, angry outcomes. You will attract what wherever you're vibrating. And that's why it's so important. I read a lot. And a lot of the stuff I read is everything you're talking about. So I, I, I you're, you're preaching to the choir. I come, I completely agree with all that. The universe is, you know, is listening, dude. You just got to know how to talk to it. And the witness. So now you'll say, how do I stick to knowing that my point of attraction is in the right place? Our negative emotions serve us. They're very, very important. It tells you when you have gone off path. If you're angry, your point of attraction needs to be changed. You're always going to look for, all right, what's going right? Yes, I don't like that situation, but what's going right in this situation? I'm, I'm in a job and I just got let go. Well, that's not so good, but maybe it is. Mm. Maybe you were just released now. Mm -hmm. So now something that you really would prefer can come into your environment, your experience. You know, the bottom line to this is nobody's getting out of here alive. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And Buddha was asked this question, what is the biggest mistake that man can make? And the answer was to believe that you have more time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. We don't have more time. Okay. It's limited. So you're supposed to use every day the best that you can because you're running out of time. I talk about money in the free binar, right? Mm -hmm. What are you saving money for? Yeah. The stock guy. The stock guy. Yeah. That yep. was a good one. Mm -hmm. That was an amazing analogy if you care to share. Sure. So when I was in my 30s, I went to a financial advisor. And I have nothing against financial advisors. This was just my experience. And he told me that I had to amass millions of dollars in order to live the same lifestyle in my 80s that I was living in my 30s. Yeah. So and it scared the hell out of me. Like, how am I supposed to do that? Right. And then until I realized, wait a minute. Let's get there first. When I'm 80, I'm not going to want to live the same lifestyle mm. that I'm living in my 30s. So what are you talking about? And so what he was talking about is he wanted me to put half of my earnings 
into his financial program. Yeah. Oh, he gets his to, make you, to make yeah. you more money. Yeah. Right? So I could thrive uh, in my 50s. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> really? So he was, he was, he was working it yeah. and until I realized, oh, wait a second, that's not what I want to do. You know, and money, our fear of money, what are you saving money for? If you're saving for a car, if you're saving for a house, if you're saving for jewelry, if you're saving for a vacation, mm-hmm. good for you. Mm-hmm. If you're saving for old age, yeah. think again. Yeah, yeah. We make right? plans and God laughs. Uh, yeah. you know, right? Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of the same thing. Like, what are you saving for? Because nobody is getting out of here alive. We don't know. Listen, Jonathan crossed over at 43 years old. My dad just crossed over. You know, he, he died 30 oh days God. after Jonathan. Oh it was uh, uh, unbelievable. But he it. was 94. Yeah. So, you know, so we don't know. No. We, unbelievable. I, unbelievable. I know. I know. Unbelievable. I know. Regarding this, there are a couple of things that I want to ask you about what you just said. Okay. You talked about fear around money. Mm-hmm. And you talked about people staying in jobs that they hate going to day after day after day. Can you expand on that? Well, okay, so fear is false evidence appearing real. We're afraid of something that has not happened. And we actually, a lot of people will prostitute themselves and stay in a job that they hate going to every day because they have convinced themselves that they can't get another job. Yep. No one, they've convinced themselves no one will hire them. They have to take care of their family. They've conv- And there's no other way to do yep. it but to yep. go to this horrendous yep. job. Yep. They've convinced themselves that they can't create anything mm. that will bring them the money and they run scared. Mm. Okay, it, it, is, it is a waste of time because in that there is great loss. There's loss of freedom. There's loss of self-esteem. There's loss of a happiness. life. Worth, yeah, happiness. Worth, I mean, there's so many yes. losses in that. It's all losses for it's the all, most part. And, and you know what? They're not coming home from work happy. No, no. Okay, they're resentful. All day, every day. Okay, so they're not providing their family with this happy person. Yeah, you're paying the mortgage. There's other ways to do that. And a lot of people are trapped by the golden handcuff syndrome, where it's, I can't make money anywhere else, and this is the most I'm going to make, and I'm staying here. So So that's what I was talking about, that fear of money will paralyze all forward motion. And I have to say this, we don't make money. We earn money. Yes. Nobody's making money yep. unless you've got a, a mint go, thing in, yep. the, in, the, in the garage. Yep. Okay, <laughs> We earn money. Yep. So it's you're, fluid. Right? Absolutely. And, and, goes from me to you to her. Yeah, and so. there's a flow. And I've yes. said this on, on, on every show I've been on, stop hoarding money. Yep. Because there, if there isn't a flow, it's not going to come, come in. back to you. And and you can feel it. You're like, why am I not, you know, making this? Why am I not earning anything? Yeah. Because you're not releasing it. Absolutely, you cheap bastard. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now, and that goes back to your childhood. Yeah, for what, sure. And just to jump, piggyback a little bit on what's never in the time of history of man has been there been more ways for you to get out of that shit. Like you can make money doing other things when you have that shitty job. It doesn't have to be the end. There's still ways that you could do other stuff. Your webinar, I'm sure there's people out there that have other things that maybe you're good at woodworking. You know what I mean? You could sell a course. You could do other things to bring money in to get you in a position that you could leave that shitty job that you hate. 
Well, you know, after the pandemic, that's and the pandemic showed everybody that mm-hmm. because after the pandemic, well, I don't even know where we after are we out of it yet. God yeah. only knows. Okay, <laughs> but there was a point where we where they actually coined a phrase, the Great Resignation, mm-hmm. because everybody was now looking at their lives going, I don't want to do that anymore. I actually enjoyed having dinner with my family. Mm -hmm. I actually enjoyed being home. As a matter of fact, the people that worked from home were actually working more hours than when they were going... To, to yeah, that office. that business, the commute's gone. Uh, that two I, the, the two hours there and back. And yeah. A lot of less yeah. distractions when you go to the office. A lot of people wander over and they want to make conversation. But we have fear of money because of what we heard growing up. Mm-hmm. If you grew up in a family where there wasn't enough money and people were fearful, you're always afraid there's not enough money, even if you have lots of it. Yeah. Okay. Or if if there was money flowing in and you learned about the flow of money, then you know you you will buy anything. You're like I'm I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. And you are always going to be fine because there's more resources on this planet than ever. Yes. You know we have just we, we have succumbed to I guess a false story that you must go to school, you must graduate, you must go to college, you must you know that's not true. No. And what do they never teach you about the whole time? Money. You know what I mean? There's there's never any teaching about it in any school about how to make money. Well, like you said, not make money, but how to, you know, skills for it, how to manage it. There's none of that because they want you to live in fear of where that next nickel is coming from. Don't you think that it's odd that our educational system does not teach us anything about purchasing a home and dealing with a mortgage? Totally. Okay. And then the second you get out, that that's the one thing they're telling you you have to do is that to get live the American dream you need the house you gotta have the house and you need the you know you gotta have the mortgage you need all that shit but like you said not one thing not one day do they talk about it throughout your years of education it's crazy or or what to do with a credit card and crazy. how you could get in debt crazy. and the first thing that happens when you go out somebody says here's a credit yeah, card wait, here you, go. you don't even know what to do with that and credit it's vital card. it's vital <laughs> to your success here you go it's what? vital to it's free money it's vital to your really? success but but when you're in school, they will tell you how to measure a trapezoid and figure out how much volume needs to go in the trapezoid. I want to know... The Battle was, of New when, Orleans I during want, the War of 1812. When was the last time you saw a trapezoid on the street? Yeah, and crazy, how to crazy. figure out the volume in it's it. Crazy. Like, come it's on, crazy. what Never. are we doing? I've read so many books. I read a lot, right? And when you read about the most successful people... I'm talking, you know, a, a very high, high percentage. All meditate. That's correct. They all do, you know, journaling. Mm-hmm. They all read or, you mm-hmm. know, just certain. Why not just maybe follow some of the, you know, the path of these people and maybe teach your kids to do that? You know, why not when you drop them off for school, let's do meditation every day. You know, let's. Uh, what uh, a wonderful, what a know, wonderful thing. Then maybe by the time he's, or visualization, another tremendous one. And it's Absolutely. something that I have a lot of difficulty with because when I, my, my mom died and, you know, I didn't see the future. I saw the today. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I saw today right. and just getting through today. Yes. So I didn't see myself 20 years down the road, but I didn't have the tools to learn. Well, that's something that's an acquired tool that if they were teaching me every day in school, all right, kids, put your fucking books away, and now let's think about who you want to be in five years. Where are your five-year goals? You know, none mm-hmm. of that shit. And, like, we, I went to a private high school. I paid money, and I'm not a big conspiracy guy, 
But when you get into that, there's something so obvious that we're not all brilliant minds, but we're smart enough that we can sit at this table and say, how come something's fishy? There's a reason for it that they're not telling us that. Well, it's, it's true. And, and also, too, I because I, I train licensed and certified clinicians to learn how to become a eudaimonia clinician because it's a different type of psychology, different type of modality. And I'm spe- specifically looking for child psychologists, child psychiatrists, school counselors who want to learn about eudaimonia psychology because I'm looking to figure out a program to bring all these methods and tools to children. Could you even imagine having an elementary school, or we'll even go before that, preschool, where we're teaching children how to meditate, teaching them how to visualize, teaching them how, you know, everybody has a talent. You yep. know, let's let's figure out what yours is. What do you like to do? And let's expand on it. And then on top of that, having parenting, parenting programs. Speak, like to me, that's where the education system should be there now. Mm-hmm. It should be a teacher. Because there's literally personality tests that you could give a child at a very young age to find out what their talents are and what they would be good at. And then have the teacher just kind of, you know, foster a program for that kid. Well, the pro- okay, the problem. I, now, listen, I was a, an educator for many years, and I was an administrator for 16 years. And then I got out because I couldn't stand it. But what you're saying, they can't really do what you're saying because that's called tracking. Yeah, yes. Okay? Yes. So you can't say, oh, I gave you this personality test and you're good at math, so we're going to put you in this math program. That's all you're going to do. It's called tracking. I do agree with that. But but they've gone from, like, from one end of the spectrum all the way to the other. Yes. How about we teach... You know, if you tell me what you're interested, let's say you're interested in radio, mm-hmm. that you're a kid, mm-hmm. I'm interested in radio, then I should be able to put together a program around radio. Yes. Or if somebody's interested in, I'm interested in planes, I can put together a whole program. Yes. And this is called an individual education plan. Yes. And any educators who are listening right now, freaking out, thinking, do you know how much work that takes? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it does take a lot of work. I think it's less. I think it's less. It's more of a monitor. Is it monitoring them. You know what I mean? Well, it's it's teaching them how to read, but let's let them read about what they like. Hundred percent. Let's like it's about math. Every sing, even if you want to be a cosmetologist, math. You have to learn how to mix things. Mm-hmm. You have to learn how to measure things. Trust me, there is no trapezoid on the street <laughs> that we have to figure out the volume. Come yes, on, people. Yes, yes. What are we doing? I agree. My doctoral dissertation was common elements among successful people who are high school dropouts. Mm. And I researched people who were millionaires, were very successful, and never graduated from high mm-hmm. school. It's a lot of them, dude. Okay, and there's a lot of them. Yep. But our society has said that if you drop out of high school, you will wind up in poverty. That is archaic thinking. Why are we allowing this? And I have a daughter who's a vice principal in a school. Like, she even knows, I mean, the educators know this. They're as frustrated oh, as, as they, we are. Absolutely. I, I mean, you want to- They got curriculum. They have to teach it. They can't go or, off the- Or off. Let's, let's talk about homework. What a waste of time. It would be like you go to work all day long. And, and I'm even talking to those parents. There are some parents that believe in homework, but I'm, I'm going to put this to the test. This is like you going to work all day long. And then when you come home, yep. you're going to have to eat dinner, and then you're going to have to do more work yep. for tomorrow, okay? Yep. And we want you to get it done right after dinner before you put the TV on, right. and then you can go to bed. So tomorrow, you can go to work all day long to come home and know that there's more homework. And do you know, <laughs> there is not one study, not one, that correlates homework with better grades. Not 
One. I, I, I wouldn't. I don't disagree. In like European countries, they don't have homework. Sweden and all the countries where they're getting it right. Because you go to school to do the work. Yeah. And when you come home, yeah. you should be doing things like being with your family. Yes. Being outside and playing. Play. Yes. China, China teaches meditation. They teach visualization. And it's also one of the reasons that their students excel. Because they, they have the tools that we don't give. And again, it's very, very frustrating because I have a son. Right? And I know that it's better to send him out in the world to be social with children at school but in some ways, it's just like, I don't think that he's getting the tools necessary or in the long run. Not now. His teacher's great. And this isn't an anti-teacher thing, like I said. No, no, no. Teachers, they're, they are, yeah, they're doing the best they they're can. Doing the be and, and, listen, and they're doing what they're being told to do. They're, they're doing the best they can. They're doing what they're told to do. And they have classrooms of 30 to 40 children. Yes. Come Crazy. on, whoever's running this show, yeah. are you kidding me? Yeah, it's glorified babysitting. So, well, well, they're working hard. No, they're, they're working oh, 100%. hard. 100%. But, but, but I'm going to give you between 30 and 40 six-year-olds and, 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 try, and try to teach them how to win. And I promise oh what you did in school is the same thing that I did in school. It's more or less the same thing that, you know, any kid that we meet that's 10 years younger has done. It's been the same thing for, you know, maybe they added some computers, maybe they're doing a little mm -hmm. more of that, but mm -hmm. I'm talking, it's this, it, the gist of it is the same. And it, you can't have the same type of program for, you know, as long as it's been around uh, and think that, like you said, change is always important. There's I think been no real change to the education system it's in also the last, you know, whatever. So when I tune in to your webinar and I listen to the things that you're saying, you touch on so many avenues that we all go through. Yeah. And a situation that you touched on earlier was the laws of attraction. When you guys are talking about like, if all you see is sad, if uh, couples that are in love and that makes you feel sad, um, and I'm going to make this a really specific question through my given day. I feel like I am that positive light for one person and I might be a negative light for another person because of the way that I might be impacting somebody. If my girlfriend calls me because she's going through a breakup situation, is she putting her negativity on me or am I giving her strength and encouragement upon them like how do you know well, where depends. you're at yeah. in that it, it, it depends it depends say let's say you're in a great mood your girlfriend calls you and she's crying and she's upset you can listen to her and you can give her support if you get off the phone and now you're depressed what happened was you absorbed all her negative energy she probably is feeling great and so there was this exchange but now you're sitting with that negative energy and you have to know that that's really not that's not really your negative energy. Therapists have to do this all the time, right? I'm sitting there from 9.30 in the morning to 6 o'clock at night, and I'm mm, listening. Shit. <laughs> okay, there, there's, a way, there's a way that I have to just, it has to fall off my body. A lot of therapists will, at the end of the day, go in the shower, and they're visualizing the negativity going down the drain. There's people, especially um, massage people, masseuses, mm -hmm. they'll take their hands, they'll put it on the wall. You have mm -hmm. to figure out a way to trans, because it's energy. Mm -hmm. You just absorbed all her energy, mm -hmm. okay? I would love to know if she felt better. Yeah, because if she did, because if she did, you exchanged it. Now you're sitting in this. Tommy comes home and you're pissed off at him, and you don't really know why because he really didn't do anything. 
well, that's your negative energy that now you're going to put on him. So now if he was in a bit, because we exchange energy. Mm -hmm. So now if he was in a good mood and you just threw something on him, that could change his mood, mm -hmm. right? And so that, so we have to learn, okay, that's not my energy. I have to let that just go through me. It's training. Okay. It's really training. It's negative emotions serve you. So if you get off that phone and you're thinking, you're feeling really bad, it's your body saying, you're not supposed to be here. Every negative emotion is telling you, you're not supposed to be here. What do we have to do now? We have to change it. So it's like, well, where did this come from? Is, it, is this my thoughts or is it her thoughts that I've now started thinking about? Because mm -hmm. it's bringing me down. Do you ever, do you ever have a friend that after you're, you're with them for a while and you're just like exhausted? Get the fuck away from me. Yeah. You're just like so exhausted. And no matter... What happens whenever they, this particular person, when this pe person sees you, you have to go take a nap. Mm. They probably have a cut in their aura, and all they're doing is they're absorbing all your energy. And what they're doing, they're sucking the life out of you. They feel good, and you have to go take a nap because now you have to recharge. Mm. You, have to, you have to know that. And what you do with those people is you limit your time with them. Okay, You say, you know what? I can be on the phone. I only have 20 minutes. So you limit the time. Or if you have to be with them, say it's a parent or... Like a mother. Okay. A mother could okay. be... Listen, a mother could... I've seen it. You know what I mean? And it was, had the effect... Like she has a very negative way about her uh -huh. once she's in her negative thoughts. Sometimes she's cool and she's happy and it's great Vita. Other times, everything, like everything is bad. So for me, I worry about my self-talk in the moment. Like, what are my thoughts? And if I could, it's easier said than done, mm -hmm. but if I could catch myself, like, why am I having that negative thought? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, that's about reframing. You have to reframe it. But let's say you're going to spend time with your mother and she's negative. You already know what's going to happen. So now what you do is, well, she'll be gone by six and I'm going to go work out or I'm going to go to the movies. But you, and you plan something that's going to lift you. So mm -hmm. there's always has to be a plan. So there's some type... Look, if it wasn't your mother and it was just a neighbor, you would avoid her. Yeah. Right. You know, but you can't really avoid your mother or somebody close to you like that. No. But you can limit the exposure, okay? Or you set up things for right after, I'm going to go and do this. It's going to help my energy come back. But what about, like, because, again, using your mother as the example, she comes for, you know... A three-day, you know, it's like Gilligan's Island. She's coming for three days, and it turns sometimes it turns into longer. Cause like for me, it's easier because she's not my mother, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm easy. I'm able to keep things certain at an arm's mm -hmm. distance, unless I see the trickle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. it's yeah. like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. shit! Now I yeah. see it in you. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So how would you adjust for one for me? In my situation, with in in mm -hmm. that dynamic, mm -hmm. and her in her situation and okay. her dynamic. Okay, so mom's coming over for three days. You already know this is going to be draining. <laughs> so you, so okay, so Mercedes, you have to like say, I'm going to get my nails done at two o'clock, and and you're going to take care of the baby, right? So now you're you're getting away from mom, and you're now recharging. I'm getting my nails done, or I'm going to go work out. You have to set up time where you recharge, mm -hmm. and then you come back and you limit your time. If she's sitting there watching TV, you say, you know what, I'm going to go lie down. Um, I'm going to go to bed. And you put the TV on in your room. Mm -hmm. You have to have an exit plan. Mm -hmm. Because, you know what, she doesn't realize she's doing it. This is, yeah. this is way above whatever is going on with her. Yeah. So the idea is to limit the time, limit the exposure, and make sure you're refilling yourself. Mm -hmm. Somehow you have to leave. Or maybe you, you ask her to babysit. And you guys go Can't out for dinner. It. Can't do it. She's, Why? Oh, he she, says she's, she nods off. 
She nods off. When she, the, it's like when, she with, can't. When the kid's there. We can't, like, so she's like, yeah, she can't watch the kid on her own, I don't think. Uh, maybe now a little bit more than before. We did have, we did For have. For an hour or two, maybe. You're we right. did have, like, a close but, by one. Yeah, well, that was fine. let me ask you this. To, like, because I think some of it's reactionary, right? You know, there's what times. Mean reactionary? I mean, from her vantage point. Like, sometimes she's, it's like, oh, shit, mom's coming, right? Mm-hmm. But you could get good Vita, you could get bad Vita. Like, good Vita's uh-huh. fun, happy, go like. Uh-huh. But sometimes she's already got that, like, yeah, you yeah. know, she's got that guard up mm-hmm. for her mother coming over. And she hasn't even been that bad. But she's now just like, uh, uh, there's a level of tenseness and a bitchiness that's there that I is only there because I think she was like worried about her coming. Of you know course. what I mean? That now yeah. in the moment she hasn't been that bad, but she doesn't give her any rope. And then there's other times where I totally get her frustration. You know what I mean? It's like, lady, shut the fuck up, dude. You know what I mean? You haven't mm-hmm. stopped complaining for the last two hours. Mm-hmm. But how do you find that okay, happy? So there's medium? another there's another experiment that I love to do with people like this. So mom is complaining, she's complaining, complaining. And then all of a sudden you say, So mom, what's going right? Is there anything going right? Ooh, gotta write that down. And you try to get her, oh, and she'll be like, "What do you mean?" Say like, "Well, what's going? What good thing happened to you today?" The other thing too is she'll say, "Nothing's going right." Well, the fact that you walked in here on your own two feet yep. mm-hmm. means that your feet are work- working well, and you can also get in the habit when you sit down for dinner especially with your son, he should get in the habit of what good thing happened today mm-hmm. and, and let him tell you what, what was the best part of your day yeah. mm-hmm. and have him focus on the best part of the day because that can be your dinner time talk. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, when I, have, I have seven grandchildren, so when we sit down, that's what I say. So, so what went right today? And we go around the table and they laugh and they giggle. But what I'm doing is I'm, I'm setting this up for them to look at what's good. Yes. In the webinar, you talked about how your parents and anyone who grew up is working with the tools of how they were made to feel in their household. Yes. So, so all your negative emotions, okay, they, they, come, they bubble up because of your wounded inner child. So it was really your reality exists in the conversation you have about your circumstances. So I could have dropped to the depths of despair and no one would have blamed me, no. okay? I, and I could have, that could have been my conversation, you know? But I, I chose differently. I'm going to have a different conversation. I did not lose him. Our relationship changed and we're doing great work together. I'm going to sit in that, okay? Yes. But everybody has to look at the conversations that they're having. And that depends on your upbringing because I talk about we assign meaning to everything. And I even use the example in the webinar, you're going to go to my full day workshop and you come into the room and you're going to pick a table and you're going to assign the meaning of what's the best table. And you assign the meaning of what's the best table according to how you were brought up and your needs. So you look at the room and there's a podium. So you may say, oh, the best table is in the front near Dr. Donna. Or you see the restrooms and so the tables in the middle are next to the restrooms, they're the best table. Or the tables in the back is near the exit door, those are the best tables. If I remove the podium, the restrooms and the back door, they're just tables. Okay, so we assign meaning to everything we see, but it's how we were brought up and the insecurities that we have that we project onto other people. Okay, we project, oh, they're going to lie. Yeah, well, they're going to lie to you because you were brought up with liars and you are now projecting that feeling onto everybody you meet. 
Wow. So, so that that's is insane. So that's why you go to therapy, especially eudaimonia therapy, because what we work with is the wounded inner child. Why are you projecting that onto someone else? You had just met them. I have this feeling. Oh, come on, man. What do you think? You're psychic now? I mean, well, we're all a little psychic. But, but what I'm saying is there's a projection. We project onto others how we feel about ourselves because of how we were brought up. So my mom, for an, for instance, was raised... She's un- a great case study. I got to tell you. She really is. It's, it's a question, not a statement. So what I know about my mom is that she was the youngest of five and that her oldest brother was a meanie. He was verbally a meanie. Mm-hmm. He um, was controlling... Little little Vita was never allowed to go out and go follow her sisters and brothers anywhere mm-hmm. and, you know, out of the house. She always had to stay home. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things I know. Mm-hmm. Just to, uh, like, try to understand my mom, does it mean that her wounded inner child was that she was raised in, a, in an upbringing that people didn't, maybe they lied to her. They made her very pessimistic. Someone made her very... Um, skeptical, skeptical, pessimistic, pessimistic absolutely, and, and kind of judgmental. And what you said earlier yeah, about just, if, she, if she walked into the room, she's going to assume that the the more expensive place to sit is the better place to sit. That the means affluence. you're better. You the, know what I mean? Mm-hmm, like it mm-hmm. means you're Valuing better. Valuing affluence. Yeah, yes. That like if, if the guy that's a doctor is a better human, better everything than the guy that's a construction worker. And because the guy that's on TV, if he's on TV, fuck, you can't get higher than that. You know, it's funny that you say that because eudaimonia means a state of well-being. And it's a very old word. It was this, It was a word that was brought up by Plato and Socrates. Okay. And it means a state of well-being. And how are you the best version of yourself? So whether Whether you are the president of the United States or you're pulling wire on the street, if you do your job to the best of your ability, that makes you the best version of self, regardless of your position. Mm -hmm. And it was a great way to look at things. You know, because just because you are this big celebrity, come on, you and I both know celebrities that aren't worth the time that you can give them. They're so disrespectful. Oh, for sure. They're so, you know what I mean? For sure. That's what bothers me when she's like that, mm because it's like, chill the fuck out, bro, just because you, that don't make them special. Yes, but but that was the brainwashing that was done to her. Okay, so we don't really want to blame her. We want to understand her. Mm -hmm. Because in understanding her, we can say, we can reframe it. Mm -hmm. You know, like, why do you think that person is, you know, the best? Did you ever talk to them? Because when you talk to them, you're going to find out they're very mean. Yeah. You know, or why do you think that person is not worth anything? Because they like they're cleaning your pool. Well, talk to that person because he's brilliant and so well read and so you know, and and you can get so much from you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. So that's my mom, but then me, the way that I was raised by my dad was everything's going to be great. Mm -hmm. Everything's going to turn out great. Like every, you know, it's like the complete opposite. So when I talk to my son, Mm -hmm. I am mindful of that. I think that Tommy and I both are, we're like, we just want to inject him with positivity and Mm -hmm. saying things like you could do anything you want, Mm -hmm. you know, like the world is, you know, sky's the limit. In the webinar, you talked about loss is meant to change us. Yes. And when my, my loss didn't come when my dad passed away. My loss of my father came once his 
health started to take a nosedive and that changed me. Mm -hmm. So the person that I think I was meant to change from was the girl that was still in like a unencumbered, I was kind of like chalk it up to like, I was the party girl who just mm -hmm. wanted to sell mm -hmm. a house mm -hmm. and go to Coachella. And that was mm -hmm. all I, but like the deeper, the deeper part of that is that I want to learn like, how do you come around from that loss where you want to be like, I want to get back. Like I got sad, mm -hmm. right? You, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you've got sadness mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. losing Jonathan mm -hmm. and you're reframing it. But there's a couple of things that are going on. First, it's how do you become that more carefree person, even though you suffered loss and mm -hmm. it is meant to change you. Mm -hmm. And, uh, if you're going throughout your day and you're feeling like, yeah, there's a little bit of negativity over here. There's a little positivity over here. I recharge and I reset. Do you think that there's a way that, that you really know like what how you, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're like, how do I know where I fall on this? Okay. Like, you know. Okay. So first of all, you have to be a conscious thinker, right? Just, just listening to this mm -hmm. you know, for all the listeners, they're opening up something in their brain. Mm -hmm. they, it, it's, they're responding. And that's why the webinar was so popular because they were responding. Yes. Yes. I feel that. Yes. Tell me more. People are very hungry for this information. Mm -hmm. When you said, how do I get back? You're never going to get back. Mm -hmm. Okay. The, the question is. How do I move forward? We're not getting back because you're not going back. I can't go back. Yeah. I can't go back. How do I, the question is anybody that has a loss, you're not going back. All right. You're, but how do you move forward with the knowledge and the experience that you have? So you have to use loss as it was intended. Okay. So how was it intended? Well, you need to understand that things come in and out of your experience and you need to make it work for you. Okay, and that's the statement. This happened for me, not to me. What did I learn about myself? Okay, my case. I learned that I had a choice, a huge choice. Okay, and I made a decision. So at, in the webinar, I'll say your first thing, there was six steps, right? The first thing was decide. Decide what you want to do the rest of your life. Do you want to fall in the depths of despair? Because you can do that. Loss is going to happen and it, it happens for you, right? So you have to accept your role in it. This divine contract, if you listen to the webinar, I talked all about divine contracts. Somehow, Jonathan and I had this contract. We agreed. I wouldn't agree to it again, yeah. <laughs> but, but we agreed. Okay, so now I have a choice. I can choose. I choose to do this. I choose to talk about it. I choose to teach. I choose to inspire. And, and I think that I can, and I, and I have. Mm -hmm. Okay, so when, when anything happens, any type of loss, what is your role in it? You know, your, what's your role? You have choices. Just pick. And you know what? If that choice doesn't work for you, I, got, I went in the RV place, and then I saw that webinar. Mm -hmm. I could choose again. Yeah. Totally. I could say, you know what? Hmm, maybe I should put some makeup on and brush my teeth. Yeah. What about... You know? <laughs> What about when you said you go on a vacation and when you come back a couple days later, it's like you never went at all? Okay, so we talk about the, re the reason why we have difficulty with loss is because we don't understand life. I realize what I think life is to a spirit, okay? Because remember, energy can't be created nor destroyed. We came from somewhere, we're going somewhere. So there's obviously something much bigger than what we're seeing. Okay, what I think life is to the spirit 
is like our vacations. You know how you'll go on a vacation for one or two weeks? Some of it will be good and some of it won't be so good. And then you come back. And after a few short days, it's like you never left. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's, That's what it is to spirit. Spirit comes and takes on this body. And they have this adventure, this journey. And at some point, they need to go home. And then they cross over. And now they're with all the other spirits. And they just become part of the collective again. When it's my turn to leave this realm, I'm going to turn to my family members and I'm going to say, hey, I love you all and we had a great time and thank you for playing with me, but I can't play with you anymore. I have to go home. And if I've done a really good job, they're going to understand what I mean. And Because that's what it is. We're only here for, for a short amount of time. Remember what I said? Time. We don't have a lot of time. You know, stop wasting it. Mm-hmm. We waste it in fear, fear of everything. Yes. Now, I know there's people listening and they're like, yeah, but I have to pay my bill. But we don't have to prostitute ourselves. We're right. not here to, to take a job so that we can pay the mortgage and be miserable every day. Right. Okay, the system that we're operating in, you need to pay the mortgage. Mm-hmm. Why do you choose to do it? By hating where you're going every day. Mm-hmm. Have you tried something else? Have mm-hmm. you talked to other people? Have you put yourself out there? Have you tried to create something? And you know, I get this answer. Well, I, I thought about it, but it's never going to happen. Well, if you keep thinking that way, mm-hmm. if, there's too many inspirational stories. In the back of my book, I have a book game on. And I talk about how I, I got it. into the Jets. I and have how it. I, thank you. And how I got a TV show without an agent or a manager. Come on. I came off the streets of Long Island as a therapist, came to California and said, I'm going to do a TV show about my time with the Jets. I didn't have an agent. I didn't have a manager. That should have never happened. Am I right? You're in the entertainment industry. Totally. Yeah, it's okay. very, very hard. But you know what? It's not brain science. I mean, I made contacts. I called up people. I wasn't afraid. Yeah, definite afraid. A purpose. If you have definite a purpose, you know, this is all like Napoleon Hill shit that I, I completely agree with, dude. I, like if you really had to say, this is what I'm going to do, you could do it, you know? You know, where it, the energy is in the intention. Yep. I don't know, but I never thought for a minute that I couldn't do it. It yep. never dawned on me. Yep. I mean, I remember when I... when the Belief show, is so powerful, man. It is. I remember... So um, so I did Necessary Roughness. It was on USA Network. Um, and I remember the showrunner was looking at me one day. We, we had met. And he was just staring at me. And I'm like, okay, so I'm getting really uncomfortable. Like, why are you staring at me? <laughs> and he said, do you know that what you did is impossible to do? With the NFL boys? Okay. No, with getting a TV show on the air without an agent or a manager. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I said, well, obviously it's not impossible well, if I did it. Yeah. It's improbable. Okay, yeah. but the same thing was working with an NFL in the 1990s. I was the first female mental yeah. health clinician because I said, this is ridiculous, Parcells. I mean, do you know what you're doing? And he was like, who the hell are you? And I'm like, oh, let's sit down and have a conversation. You know, but it never dawned on me. That mm-hmm. these things couldn't happen. Right. What's happening to the people who say, well, I can't get a better job, they're, they're shooting themselves in the foot going, no one will hire me. I won't be able to make this money anywhere else. Mm-hmm. They've killed themselves before they even went out the door. Yeah. And then isn't it also the way that you can frame it? Like, I love real estate, right? But I could also get hung up on the very challenging ups and downs of it because there's so much information that you have to be mm-hmm. an expert on. There's so many mm-hmm. things, laws, interest rates, things mm-hmm. that change the market. The you know, mm-hmm. there's in if I wasn't 
reframing. If yes. I wasn't being optimistic, yes. I would be able to pull myself into a hole about all of the challenges that are built into my career. You're never guaranteed a paycheck. That is you, true. You have you show up day after day, hours at a time. Mm-hmm. You have to have the in um the incentive or the positivity to keep going, mm-hmm. not knowing any of these things. And it's all personality, how you're interacting with people. What yeah. did the agent just think of the way that you approached your clients? I mean, there's so many things about it, but at the end of the day, I am choosing to be challenged by even the hard parts of it rather than be like oh fuck it it's just it sucks or it's too hard or I'm not going to do it it's because I feel like I when I was a little girl I would imagine the whole kit and caboodle Mm -hmm. as a positive thing so when I didn't want let's say school Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I would find my favorite part of school Mm -hmm. and I would focus on that first. And I would say, well, the rest of it might not all be your favorite, but it still falls in to the thing. If you are somebody who um, has a job and they say they hate it, is it possible that they're just not framing it right and that they could learn to be a little more positive about that job? Okay, you're talking about the point of attraction. Like you just said, I'm in school, but I will I will focus on what I like about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's positive energy. You just figured out your point of attraction. If you want to find out if your point of attraction is positive, you look at your life. Mm-hmm. If you look at your life and you like what you see, your point of attraction is on target. If you look at your life and there's nothing here that you wanted or that serves you, you have to change your point of attraction. Okay. You are attracting to you wherever you're vibrating. It's a perfect match. I have people that go on dates. You know, they, they're online, you know, on the website thing. And <laughs> they, they show up, and whoever's sitting across from them, they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe it, right? So then they're like, <laughs> you know, they look up to God and they're like, are you joking? And I say, no, use that as a learning lesson because you have attracted, energetically attracted this person that's sitting across from you. So if that person yeah, showed you, up, what you, you are vibrating at the same place. So if you don't like what shows up, you have to look inside yourself and say, wow, why am I vibrating over here that I would attract that? Yeah. Because that's not what I want. It's like the the, one, the girl wow. or the guy that continues to go out with this person that treats them like shit. You wow. know what well, I mean? Yeah. You know, it's like you expect that almost uh, to get treated like that. So you got to change your thought process. Well, in order for somebody to treat you like shit, you have to sign up and allow that to yeah, happen. Exactly. Unless, of course, you know, you're being held hostage. And then we have a, that's a whole other, yeah. you know, discussion. <laughs> but if but if somebody is abusing you, if somebody is being mean to you, you sign up for that. And then it becomes a pattern when it's the third or fourth person that you've been, right. that date, that does, that, you know what I mean? Again, you've got to go to therapy and find out, gee, right. why does yes. this keep showing up? Yep. It's, you know, you can blame them, but right. I'm going to blame, and I, it's not that I'm going to blame you. I want you to look at yourself. Yeah. Because you are pulling this towards you. Yeah. So we have to find out why. Mm-hmm. Why do you keep pulling this type of personality towards you? Mm-hmm. What are you not looking at? What are you not changing in yourself? You know, if, if people are, you can't change other people. But when you change yourself, other people have to change. Because yeah. you're not doing the same dance. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Yeah. In turn, you'll change the people around you. Well, they well, it's not that you're changing them. Yeah. they'll change because or you'll or you'll be around different people. Yes, like, yeah. right. They'll leave. Yeah, they'll yeah. they'll yes. leave. Yes. But the idea is always to start with self. Yep. Change yep. yourself. Put yep. down boundaries. Start speaking your truth. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, you said something before that was real profound, and I've been it's been kicking in my head since. To me, I feel like I lost my mom twice. When she died, which I didn't really necessarily deal with for literally my whole life. Mm-hmm. And then when my son was born, because I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like there's a point where she might have, like what you said, where she kind of just left at that point. Like the spirit, like when when he came, it's like, all right, now I know what I need to do. I got to be a good dad. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know what to do before. How old were you when she passed? 13. Okay. You mm-hmm. know, and when, he, like, it's like, oh, I get it. I didn't have it. You know what I mean? So yeah. I got to be a good dad. Thanks, mom. Good. You know That's I mean? right. Like, like yes. she got me here. Right. You know what right. I mean? Yes. Like, yes. I could have been in jail so many times. I could this. I could have died doing you know stupid shit, but something guided me and got me here. Mm-hmm. And it was her mm-hmm. that got me here. Mm-hmm. But they got me to him, and then it's like I got it from now. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, well, well, she never she never left. No, okay. I, 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 you know what I mean? Everybody thinks that they leave. They don't leave. They just go on an, an, a different level. Did there's okay, so Prince Harry wrote the book The Spare. I don't know if you read you read that. No, I didn't. Okay. It's it's a great it's a great book. I know. It's 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 emotional. It you know, all of this is emotional. Mm-hmm. Um but he talks about when Princess Diana died, his mom, mm-hmm. you know, like she could be a princess everybody else, but it was his mom. Absolutely. And he, in his mind, pretended that she had run away. He said, I, I, I used had to it, do that too. That she ran away because of everything and she's going to come back mm-hmm. to me. This is actually normal, you know. Um, look, I'm, I'm a grown woman. And there was a point where I said, you know, I'm just going to believe that Jonathan went to Japan with a Japanese woman. And he didn't tell us, and he's just being selfish, and that's where he's hanging out. You know, like we can, you know, whatever gets you over the hump, but they never leave. They're not gone. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what my webinar is about. Like we, we're not staying here. Yeah. Like you know, um, how many more summers do you have? Do you have like twenty more good summers? Twenty five more good summers? I mean, your child is very young, yes. so we're hoping that you have a lot of summers because yes. he needs you. Yes. But in not having her. You knew that I have to do something extraordinary for this child. Now, unfortunately, some people that have not lost that have their moms have not passed over may not even have that realization and yeah. take that parental role for granted. Totally. I, I mean, I'm more like with the point that you made when you said that you're going to tell your family that I'm good now. You guys, like, I, I, I can't did, play. I have to go home. I can't yeah, play with you anymore. Yeah, I it, like that's what. That's mm-hmm. what it felt like for me, again, when it was like, I never knew I wanted a kid, and I didn't want a kid, but then I had the kid, and it was like, oh, okay, I get it. I got to take care of this kid and give him what I didn't have. Yes, You know yes. what I mean? Yes. And I drifted a lot through life just because I was trying to get through the day, right? Mm-hmm. Just, mm-hmm. you know, where's the next meal coming from? Where's mm-hmm. the next roof over my head? Like, so I just think with thinking those batches... But again, somebody made sure that I made it to her, right? Someone made sure that I made it to the finish line. Well, you, and he's the finish line. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's not even the finish line because we ha- we don't even, you know, your life isn't over yet. Yeah, but I, no, but not I will at all. Tell, yeah. But like, like, it's like, oh, that's what that was all for. Yeah. Well, and, there was a contract. You yeah. and her made a contract. This, I'll tell you this. I, I haven't mentioned it anywhere. Um, my daughter Noelle. Okay, so I have three. Your daughter's kids. in a well. 
Noel. Oh. Noel. <laughs> Her name is Noel. She was born she was born the day after Christmas, so I named okay. her Noel. Okay. okay, so so I have three kids. There's Jason was the oldest, Jonathan was the middle, and then there was Noel. Okay. And Noel had two dreams in her lifetime about Jonathan dying. Two of them oh, that sure. were so real that she called me hysterical, going, I know that he died, you've got to find him, you've got to find him. And he hadn't both those times, okay, because I'm talking about, now think about divine contracts, somewhere yeah. in her body, in her mind, in her spirit, she saw this twice, and actually, the day that we found out, it was exactly how she dreamt it, his children, okay, so he was going through a very bad um, divorce, and it just so happened that a couple of months before he passed, he said, mom, you know, my kids keep saying, I miss you, daddy, I miss you, daddy, and I said, well, maybe it's the divorce, and he goes, no, this is really weird, like, they're telling me this all the time, they're so clingy, and I w often wonder, did their spirit right? Because we have yeah. these divine contracts. Somewhere inside these kids, did they feel like, I'm not going to have you much longer? And of course, it got caught up in this divorce, yeah. right? And yeah. it's like, well, you know, they're only seeing you three days a year, five days, a year, you know, and all of this played itself out. And it was just like, wow, you know, this is the contract, the con And when you understand that there's something greater than this. When you understand that you sat at that table with your mom's spirit and she said, I'm going to leave and I'm going to leave because the other spirits need to go through something and it's going to be dependent on this experience. Mm -hmm. So I'll leave. And then you all agreed. Now I know, you know, today I would never agree to that. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm not agreeing to that. Yeah. You know? I definitely feel that with my dad and mm -hmm. my son, mm -hmm. I I think that my dad purposely took a long time before he passed on mm -hmm. because he knew I couldn't handle it yet. Mm -hmm. I wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. And then now I look back and I'm like, yeah, there's the people that lose their loved ones suddenly. Mm -hmm. And then there's the ones that are sick for a long time. And I was like, I was supposed to have that one because I needed it. I would always go, daddy, you promise you're never going to leave me. Right. Mm -hmm. And my my kid, my son, mm -hmm. he always kisses me mm -hmm. and picks flowers for me. Mm -hmm. And he does all these like kindred spirit to my dad things that, you know, my dad would always pick a flower and bring it to me like it was like he was bringing me the entire world in mm -hmm. that flower. Mm -hmm. And I feel that, you know, from him. And it's so cute. And I, you know, just it's so fulfilling spiritually fulfilling mm -hmm. because in that little gesture that he does all the time i have this reinforcement that's like bro that's your dad mm -hmm. you know or mm -hmm. like in ways where our spirits are i i feel that and it's it's pretty powerful we, and we all, we all, I mean, I have some people that say, you know, I wasn't that close to my dad when he was alive mm -hmm. and I feel him more now that he has crossed over, Interesting. you know, yeah. and it's, you know, and they really feel it. And you know, the, the sad part, and I hope that this, that talking about this really opens this up because a lot of people have these experiences, yeah. but they don't want to tell anybody right. because they think that other people are going to think they're crazy. Right. And I and just, it's tough. I, it's a tough thing to talk about. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just don't want to, you put it, you compartmentalize and stick mm -hmm. it in the back of your closet mm -hmm. because you don't want to deal with it. But sometimes you have to deal with it to really grow. Like you said. Yeah. And, and also too, when other people start telling you their stories, you're like, wait a minute. So you mean 
this there there is something else going on. I'm like, come, you know, honestly, for people who don't think there's something else going on, it's a little arrogant. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? If you really the same thing with the aliens, like really you think that this planet <laughs> is, is the only yeah. thing that's got this going on. Yeah. Like right. how arrogant is that? Yes. Right. You know, yes. so there's the whole thing that there's something there's something bigger than us. Or just just like I said, I mean it's real simple. We see it all the time. When the body is lying there, there's no life spirit there. If energy, it doesn't, it, we can't like extinguish it. Where did it go? It went, I mean, come on, let's use, let's use our brain. Mm-hmm. It went somewhere. So there's a lot going on that we're not seeing. I think the great thing about all of this topic today that happened obviously organically and we didn't plan what we were mm-hmm. going to really spend the time talking about. It's really teaching us to figure it out and stay tuned in, attuned to who you are and like what you're putting out there so that we can learn to trust ourselves, trust our bodies, be like you said earlier, like be uh, cognitive or tuned, cognizant, mm-hmm. cognizant, cognizant and talking to you, hearing you talk and knowing that the best part about this whole thing is knowing that I can go back and listen yes. to your webinar. Yes. And I think that Tommy, who this morning was like, yeah, babe, uh-huh. Now I have a feeling. What do you, you think, Tommy? You're going to listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Amazing. Awesome. It's great having you, Dr. Donna, as per usual. Uh, thank you so much for coming in. Well, thank you for having me. Anytime. Anytime. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Till the Dirt with Tommy and MJ. We're so happy you're coming on this journey with us. It would mean so much to us if you would rate our show, give us five stars, leave a nice comment, and subscribe so you can stay up to date with all our new episodes. If you go to our website, tillthedirtpodcast.com, you can sign up for our mailing list and also be sure to check out our merch. Follow us on all platforms at Till the Dirt Podcast and on YouTube at Till the Dirt with Tommy and MJ. See you next week, dirties. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.